With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. Find out how good you are. I know how good I am. Having three children with autism and being around them all the time, they make me better as well. If Wilkinson had missed that kick, I'd have been moving house. <laughs> but my favourite one that really made me was my love triangle with Triple H and Stephanie. And uh, how did you get this story? How did you know about this? Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast, the only podcast in the UK which is hosted by autistic students who interview some of the biggest names in sport. This podcast has been set up by Technowood School and our aim is to teach our students new skills through podcasting. Each week we chat to famous sportsmen and women from around the world. We delve deep into their sporting careers, their highs and lows, and what makes them one of the best athletes in their sport. All of our students' hard work and dedication has paid off as we have recently won a Global Sports Podcast Award for the Best Equality in Social Sports Podcast. That's enough from me. I'm going to hand you over to the stars of the show, which are our students who host the podcast, and I will let them introduce today's guest. Thank you. Technowood School is a school for autistic children and young adults and we have set this podcast up to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills whilst interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. Joining us today on this episode is a special guest, Adam. Hello, good morning Tom, how are you? Good thanks, you alright? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. So, as we usually do at the end of each series, this is going to be a chat between myself and Tom and we're going to talk through some of our favourite bits of the series so far. We've done 10 episodes, so we've got um, lots of things to talk about, lots of amazing guests to talk about. So me and Tom are going to have a little chat. We're going to play you segments from each episode. And um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the episode. So Tom, I'm going to start with you first. So looking at our guests we've had on series four, who's been your favourite guest and why? Um, well, my, my favourite guest is Connor Cody and... My honourable mention would have been Barry Hearn. But um, yeah, with um, Conor Cody, I, I enjoyed the episode very much. It was an honour to meet him in person. And um, I also enjoyed not only um, rapping the Prince of Bel-Air with him, but also uh, he ended up speaking about um, swapping shirts and why he does that. 
Yeah, um, swapping shirts, and he mentioned he had lots of amazing shirts um, from, I think, he had lots of his Portuguese teammates, didn't he? Which was which was amazing. Um, and that was our first one in person, wasn't it? We went down to the Wolves training ground. Did you enjoy it more doing it in person? Um, as a matter of fact, yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to do so. Um, I think it's more um, inspiring and gets more into the 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 by the podcast really I, just, I, I think it matters doing it in person and I like it to affect so Adam who is your favourite guest uh, on series 4 um, it's a tough one we've had loads of really really good guests and this has been our best series so far so as you mentioned Connor Cody Barry Hearn Steve Davis but I'm, I'm going to go for Mark Wood I think the England fast bowler um, he was really really interesting to speak to he Told lots of amazing stories. It was really, really funny. Um, ends up singing us, singing us a song as well. Um, so I'm going for Mark Wood, but it's a very, very tough one because Barry Hearn, president of Matchroom Sports, spoke a lot about how he developed Matchroom Sports. And again, he was very funny and told lots of great stories. So it's, it's a tough one, but I'm just going to go for Mark Wood, I think, cause, um, which is episode eight, which was a really, really good one for us. Okay, Tom, so starting with episode one, you've already mentioned it, but just let's have a little recap. So episode one of this season was with Wolves captain and England player Connor Cody. What are your thoughts and what are your memories of that episode? Well, um, my memories are um, not only wrapping um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with him, but also where I spoke about um, swapping shirts with him. Yeah, Yeah. so you ended up wrapping with Connor Cody, didn't you? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which was... Um, one of our highlights of the season because Connor was was quite reluctant to sing it, but you started off, didn't you? And then Connor joined in and um, sing a bit of, of Fresh Prince, which is brilliant. And here's a little bit of our episode with Connor Cody. Hope you enjoy. We have heard that people say you never stop talking when you are playing football and you talk so much. Is this true? And do your teammates understand Scouse? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can I think you can probably see from, from this now I don't stop talking that's something that I quite enjoy I could speak about football all day mate I could speak about football all day and the lads will probably tell you I do the reds in if I'm being honest with you I come in the morning and I'm quite loud and I'm quite over the top really with them but I think it's a massive part of it I think I, I think probably not just football but I think probably society's probably gone away from communicating a little bit if I'm being honest with you I say it quite a lot and you get phone and you get Instagram and you get Twitter and you get all these sorts of things now and no one really wants to speak anymore. Do you know what I mean? No one really wants to talk. And I, I, I think I speak to our young lads here quite a lot and just say it's a massive part of life and it's a huge part of football. I think if you can get it into your game, I think it's huge. And I'm lucky that it comes quite natural to me that I want to try and help people. But I think if other people start doing it as well, it can help them even more. So I think it's a massive part of it. The lads did. Batty, the Portuguese lads don't understand me. Half <laughs> <laughs> the time, I think it's just noise to the maze. I'm saying things on the picture, I'm saying things in the change room, and they're just looking at me, and it's going in one ear and out the other, and it's like, yeah, I like codes or whatever, but they don't understand me, mate, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your opinion of swapping shirts after a game? Is it something you do? And if so, what is the best shirt you, you have? Oh, good question. I've done it, yeah. I've done it. I've got quite a few shirts. Um, I'm a big believer in, I think you should do it behind closed doors. Do you know what I mean? Because I think when you're in the half-time ones, I don't get I don't understand swapping at half-time. Never get me head round now. I don't know why you'd want to see. Even if you got Cristiano Ronaldo and you're desperate for a shirt, leave it. Just speak to somebody. I don't know. Just I don't understand swapping at half-time. After the game, I do it behind closed doors. So all the shirts I've got, I've never kind of done it in a tunnel or whatever. I've kind of given it to our kit man and said, oh, will you get that one or whatever. 
So I've got quite a lot of shirts, if I'm being honest. I've got some good ones. I've got uh, Kevin De Bruyne was a real big one that I've got on the wall at home. Uh, I've got a couple of our lads actually on the wall at home. I've got quite a few of Rubens from when he was in Europe. I've got a Ruben Portugal one, which is top draw. I've got a Trent one. I've got a Declan Rice one, Kyle Walker, Jamie Vardy. I've got, and then I've got quite a lot of my own ones where obviously I've been lucky enough within games to, to wear the armband with England. So I've got like my own shirt, obviously thing with the captain's armband underneath, which is a, which is a lovely one as well. So, uh, so yeah, there's a few. My favourite one's probably De Bruyne. What a player! Good what a player, mate! What a player! One of the best player. in the world, isn't he? So I'll take De Bruyne. Episode two of this season was with snooker player Steve Davis. Um, so Adam, what was your um, thoughts on this episode? Yeah, it was a really good one. Um, so Steve spoke a lot about snooker in like the eighties and the nineties and how it grew very quickly in popularity in the UK. I think from my memory, Sibsy right, he won six world championships. Um, he spoke a lot about them. He also spoke a lot about that um, famous black ball final against Dennis Taylor, where he lost on the final final ball of the, the whole game. Um, so yeah, Steve was good. Quite surprisingly funny. I know um, his nickname's interesting. He's, he's, he's appears to be quite a, a boring character, but actually he was, he was really fun and and really interesting. So yeah, it was a great episode and here's a short clip from that episode. You took three years to become world number one. How did you manage to become world number one so quickly? Um, one of the reasons, <clears throat> apart from the fact that I was sort of obviously still on an upward curve of improvement, but the main reason was that the players prior to my generation of players coming along weren't weren't that good. Uh, the game was sort of in its infancy a bit. The game was still very young and there was lots more room for improvement within the game. So it's not that the players, they weren't, they weren't terrible players, but they weren't as good as the modern day players. So if I turn professional now as a young player, it would may take a hell of a lot longer to get to the top of the game because there are so many great players, but there wasn't much around. There wasn't that many strong players. So um, in a very short space of time, it dawned on me and a couple of other players that were coming through that we were, we were better than they were sort of more or less overnight. It was, it was strange. So it doesn't, that doesn't happen in a lot of sports, but it did back then. So Tom, episode three, source chat to Wales and British line legend, Ian Evans. So looking back at that episode, what are your, your memories? Yeah, so Yoyan Evans. Um, I enjoyed the story about the rabbit on the pitch. Um, very memorable. And also him talking about rugby in the 80s. I found it very interesting. Um, and fun fact, I actually really love the 80s. So, <laughs> Yeah, the rabbit on the pitch. I remember that story. A, he mentioned that a rabbit just came onto the pitch and nobody saw it apart from him. So as the game was, was continuing, um, Yoyan was too focused on his rabbit and picking up the rabbit and taking it away to the stewards in the middle. I think it was a British Lions match against Australia. Um, yeah, he got very distracted by a rabbit. But yeah, again, it's a, a really great episode. And being Welsh myself, it's an episode that I really enjoyed. Um, he spoke a lot about playing for Wales and the British Lions tour. I think he's one of the only players to go on three British Lions tours um, to South Africa, New Zealand and Australia. So um, yeah, here's a short clip from the episode. We spoke to David Campisi on a few weeks ago and he very kindly 
gifted you a try that won the series for the Lions. Can you tell us that moment and have you mentioned it to him since? I'm too polite. Well, I I, I think I'm too polite to finish it. Uh, it's been mentioned to him several times, but not necessarily from me, but from other else. It was a really tight uh, game and uh, he got roasted unfairly because this is man in 1991 was the key player in Australia winning a World Cup. Brilliant player. Campo was a, was such a talented, one of the most naturally gifted players I've ever played against. And his plus column more than more than sees out his minus column. But it was a really tight and very few opportunities to score. And it ended up coming in an error. It was a it was an awful drop kick attempt by Rob Andrew. Uh, it was heading towards the corner flank. That's how bad it was. And um Campo, as he always did, looked for an opportunity to counter-attack. And in fact, he, earlier in the game, he had counter-attack and um, beaten me fair and squarely from deep because uh, I went for a dummy rather than uh, uh, rather than standing off a little bit. Uh, but he tried to, he, 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 doubled, he double-guessed and went for the, didn't go for the dummy, went for the pass. And I sort of double-guessed as well. And um, I followed the pass and um, got knocked on and I just fell on it. Uh, I only had a goal about a foot, but end of the evening, I think it was more by about 40 yards I scored from, but it was about, uh, it was only about a foot. But I also, another sort of um, story from that game, um, it was one of the first stadiums, City Football Stadium, it was a brand new stadium, and uh, there was a big screen, massive big screen, one of the first times I'd ever seen a big screen in a stadium. So, you know, you sort of, on the wing, you sort of catch up to see if I can see myself on the screen, as you do, it, you know. See, showing my locks as I had back then, my my, uh, my wavy hair. And all of a sudden, it focused on me for some strange reason. And I was looking up because there was a break. The scrum was was um, being reset. So the camera was on me. And all of a sudden, there's something moving by my feet. I look down. I'm standing in the middle of the park now. 49, 50-odd thousand people there, uh, live on TV, massive audience watching us and so on. And all of a sudden... This thing starts moving, and there's a rabbit by my feet <laughs> uh, in the middle of a game. So I sort of bend down, grabbed it. This thing was petrified. This 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 animal was petrified. I pick him up, and he's shaking. And I said, sort of, "What the hell, what do I do? The game is still going on." So um, you know, so there didn't, other than you know, waiting for the scrum to reset, there wasn't a stop in play. So so I basically ran over handed it to a steward by the side of the pitch and said, here we are. And he's looking horrified as if, what, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> Run back to position before anybody noticed. You know? So I saved, hopefully I saved. I don't, know what, I don't know what happened. Hopefully the rabbit lived a long, enjoyable and fruitful life with a massive family. Uh, but I can't promise that was the case. But I did hand it over to a steward in the middle of a game. Hopefully they became rugby enthusiasts. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> So, episode four, Tom, and that saw us chat to England cricketer Ryan Sidebottom. What are your memories of, of that episode? Well, with Ryan, um, I enjoyed everything about that episode, uh, including the part where he mentioned about Daniel Rad- Radcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter. Um, remember him mentioning about how Daniel is actually a really big um, cricket fan? And, um, yeah, and that he met him in person. That was a great moment for him. Yeah, so we always ask the question on the podcast, um, who is the most famous person in your phone book? And it always throws up quite a few surprising answers, and I think that was one of them. 
Um, I, yeah, I didn't quite link Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe to um, to Ryan Sidebottom, but yeah, Ryan mentioned that he speaks to Daniel quite often about cricket. Tom mentioned Daniel's a big cricket fan. Um, so yeah, I really like that question. Um, it's always quite surprising because I suppose you presume that they're going to have somebody from their sport or within the world of sport as the most famous person. But yeah, Harry Potter was was quite a surprise, I think. Definitely. And here's a clip with this episode with Ryan Sidebottom. Am I right saying your dad played cricket for Yorkshire and also played football for Man United? What yes. was it like growing up watching your dad? I, it was amazing. I mean, I wasn't born when he played for Man when he played football for for Man United and Huddersfield, but I got to see him regular when he was headingly playing for Yorkshire. Um, I used to go as a, as a young child and and wait for him after the game, um, and go play around the back of the stand. You know, cricket, football, uh, rugby. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of great memories, and you know, I enjoyed watching my father and always wanted to emulate what he did in in the sport. So you mentioned there, Ryan, sorry, that I know you said you weren't born when he played for Man United, but was did he was he playing when it was George Best, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton? Was it that? Sort yes, of yeah. So he he signed from Barnsley um, boy school boys as a nineteen year old, and Man United signed him um, in nineteen seventy, I think, or seventy one. And it was when, yeah, so it was, there was Bobby Charlton, yeah, George Best, Dennis Law, Ian Storymore, Alex Stepney, George Graham. So all the all the Man United greats and uh, dad as a 19-year-old sort of mixing it with, you know, some of the world's greatest players that have ever, I suppose, graced the game, especially, your George, you know, your George Best and, and Bobby Charlton's. Episode five saw us chat with the president of Matchroom Sport, Barry Hearn. And this was another really interesting episode and a, a different kind of look at sport because Barry's not a sportsman himself. So he he owns one of the most famous sporting companies and, and sports management companies. And he owns a lot of, of great sportsmen such as Anthony Joshua, uh, Steve Davis and, and lots of the darts players and, and loads more. Um, so Tom, looking at the episode of Barry Hearn, what was your favourite bit and why? Well, um, my favourite parts with chatting to Barry Hearn was um, that he's, of course, the president of Matrim Sport and because he was talking about the opportunities of will AJ fight um, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua? Yeah, so obviously Matrim Sport um, managed Anthony Joshua and we spoke a lot about that fight between Tyson Fury and Joshua. And since recording that, Tyson Fury has announced his retirement, but... I'm not 100% convinced he's he's retired. I still think that fight could happen. Do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think so, because um, recently he was talking a lot about the money side of things, so I think it's just temporary. I, I think if uh, the rumours are true, Anthony Joshua, he'd definitely come back to fight him. I think so, and Joshua's finally got that date set with Usyk in the middle of August. I so. so I think if AJ beats him, then I think that fight's got to happen. Fury v AJ... Wembley Stadium, 95,000 people. There'll be lots of money involved, so hopefully that, that will happen. Any other stories that Barry shared that you found interesting, Tom? Yeah, um, funny enough, I really, really enjoyed the um, uh, moment when um, Eddie Hearn uh, knocked him out. Um, very funny. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he mentioned when Eddie Hearn, his son, was about 15, 16, was he? I think so, yeah. They went sparring together and, and Barry thought he was 
going to kind of teach his son a lesson as such. But yeah, he ended up his, his 15-year-old son, Eddie Hearn, knocking him out, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And he mentioned that he's never sparred with him since, which is, I think, a good thing. And here's a short clip from our chat with Barry Hearn. In April last year, you stepped down as chairman of Matrim Sport and your son, Eddie, became chairman. Do you think Eddie can continue to take the company forward and what is next for the company? Yeah, well, I think in, in many ways, you know, one of, one of the great lessons in life I always think is to be able to tell the truth. That it's, a, it's a real, it sounds easy, but it's actually quite a bonus. And the person you have to tell the truth to above anyone else is yourself. So sometimes you have to look in the mirror at any age and say, I'm not good enough. Uh, in my case, I looked at it and said, you know what, in today's changing world, other people are better than me. I've got a lot of experience and I'm a good operator and I'm clever. But it doesn't mean to say that Eddie won't be better for the company, not. I think Eddie and his management will take Matram to the next stage of their journey in life. You know, I mean, you have to go back in 1982. You know, it was 40 years ago, Matram started with me and a girl underneath it. Snooker Hall in Romford, two people. Today, and I've been partially responsible for that, we are probably the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sports promotion company in the world. That's, that's a big achievement. Eddie and young management looks at that and says, thanks a lot, old man, you, you've done well. You've built the foundations of the business. You probably might have bought, built the first floor of the business, but we're going to turn it into a skyscraper. So step aside on kids on the block <laughs> and I think that's great because that's what I want I want from my children I want from my staff I don't want them to live in my shadow because I think they're bigger than my shadow and I've got to be big enough to appreciate that that is what happens in life and I've got to sit back and admire them and enjoy it the journey fingers crossed I get free tickets for all the shows <laughs> I don't want to spend my money so yeah I'm looking forward to it. With I'm, I'm actually excited about it, and I think Matram is in a position to grow and grow and grow. And we are only limited in life by our own imagination. Let's wait and see. I'm excited. About it. Here at the Amethyst Academies Trust, we are incredibly ambitious for our schools and our pupils, and we believe that there is no ceiling on what can be achieved by anyone. Working in partnership with Penhall School and Technol Wood School, we are proposing to refurbish the beautiful Penhall Mansion, a grade two star listed building in Wolverhampton, into an exciting and professional specialist vocational college for young people aged 14 to 19 with special educational needs and disabilities. Changing the face of employability for young people with SEND, the college will offer specialist career pathways and in-house vocational learning experiences for students that will be open to the public. Students will be able to develop their skills, knowledge and flourish in confidence across a wide range of audiences. We need to raise £400,000 to refurbish the mansion and provide accessible and stimulating learning and working spaces for students and the community. We are relying on public donations, business relationships and support, no matter how big or small, to make this college a reality for our students. Donate today. Go to www sedgwick.aatrust.co.uk Sedgwick College Discover Bright Futures
Episode six saw us chat with one of the greatest rugby players of all time. I think he's second in the second leading try scorer of all time and Australia's leading try scorer. Um, so yeah, episode six was with was with David Campesi. Tom, what are your memories of that episode? Um, well, one of the main ones was uh, him winning the World Cup. Um, I thought that was honestly amazing on how he went into detail with that, really. Yes, yeah, so he won the World Cup, what, was it 91 or 99? Probably the, 91. I, I think it was 91. I know Australia won it in 91 and 99, but I think, yeah, David Campese was 91. Yeah, again, a really, really interesting episode. He spoke a lot about how rugby has, has changed over recent time and how he doesn't like it because he, he said he preferred it more as more amateur and he didn't really, doesn't really like the social media side of things where rugby players upload to social media. So they after they lost a the game, they're then smiling on, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And he spoke a lot about that and how he, he likes rugby to go back to how it was in the 80s and 90s. Um, yeah, and here's a short clip from our chat with David. When you were growing up, you didn't play much rugby, did you? Was it cricket, golf and rugby league that you played lots? When did you first become interested in rugby union? Yeah, as I said, rugby, uh, the town I grew up is a, a rugby league town. So I, I played league from 8 to 16. Um, I lived 100 metres from the golf course. Uh, I used to play golf every afternoon, won a golf championship at 15, schoolboys, played Aussie rules, played crickets, uh, played all sports. Uh, when I was 16, um, we played rugby league. We lost the grand final. Then I decided to go and play rugby and off I went. So I was very fortunate. I've got uh, three beautiful kids now and I try and tell them to play whatever sport you can. The more sport you play, the less chance of getting injury, injured and the less chance of getting bored because your muscles and your joints are used to different motions all the time. So, yeah, look, it's... it's um, it's great um, to to play all those different sports as well. But golf, you know, as I said, I've played a lot of um, uh, celebrity golf days as well. So you met some unbelievable people and it's just great to be out there and, um, you know, try and hack the ball around as well. Um, so episode seven was Alan McAnally. What was your thoughts on that episode, Adam? Yeah, Alan McAnally was a, was a great one and he spoke a lot about playing football in, in the 80s and the 90s and he played for some great teams such as Celtic, Villa, Bayern Munich. <laughs> Spoke a lot about Bayern Munich um, and how football in Germany was different to football in England and Scotland. And then he spoke a lot about punditry. So he's now a pundit on Sky Sports, Sky Sports and does all the soccer Saturday stuff. Yeah, and it was really interesting. I liked the story. I remember a story told about playing golf actually. He was playing golf in Canada and as he was teeing up... Um, on the side of the fairway was was a, a grizzly bear or a black bear. Um, yeah, and he re- recalled the story really well about playing golf and there was a, just a huge 10-foot bear on the side of the fairway, um, which was be quite nerve-wracking, wouldn't it? Yeah. So here's a clip with that episode with Alan McAnally. You all seem to have great chemistry on Soccer Saturday, especially when you were working with original team of Jeff Stanley, Paul Mason, Charlie, Nicholas, Phil Thompson and Matt Lee, TCA. What was it like working with them? Brilliant. It was so good. We used to fall out. We used to argue. Sometimes we used to agree, just not very often to be fair, <laughs> which I think was the was the, the, the thing of the whole programme. And I've got to say that working with Jeff Stelling. I hear, I hear some people now, male and female, presenters of the year, 
I mean, really? There is only one presenter of the year every year. It's just the problem is that you can't just keep giving it to Jeff every single year. But he is the best sports football presenter on the television for the last 25 years. He is phenomenal at his job. And trying to keep all of us in check and make sure we don't go too over the top is, uh, is, is an art in itself. So, yeah, working in the show was great. And all the lads got on really well. You know, there was a good chemistry. Things have changed a little bit now as, as things evolve and, and go on, you know, but uh, I don't know whether Soccer Saturday will ever be the same. It was amazing. So, yeah, I completely agree with you with, with Jeff. I don't understand how he can talk to the four, five, six of you in the studio, have a producer in his ear, the number of TV cameras he's, he's reading from, and mm. how does he do it? No, I wouldn't. I said I'd like to be in Pep's head for for a day. I don't even know if I'd any time want to be in Jeff's head when he's taking in that kind of information. I mean, sometimes I wear an earpiece, and one of the things about Jeff is his his, his ability to consume that information, but keep it for a bit, as well as put stuff out that he needs to do immediately. Because on Soccer Saturday, sometimes he'll, somebody will be saying to us, "You need to shut up now," because there's a goal at Everton, and there's a goal at Crystal Palace, and there's a goal at Altrincham. <laughs> And things happen really quickly. And that's the biggest thing that people know, you know, they, they, they maybe talk too long because we need it to be like, you know, it's happening here, it's happening there. But I can remember Jeff told something about a player and I was like, all right, yeah, okay. But he, did, and then, but he didn't say it for like three or four minutes and then he came out with it and I thought, he was told, he was told that ages ago. I mean, how does, he, how does he come up with that one? So yeah, it's just a, it's just a knack of being able to do it and uh, they'll be lucky to find someone better than him. But yeah, He's, uh, he's pretty good, isn't he? Pretty good. The Henshaws Insurance Group is one of the top 100 independent insurance brokers in the country and is here to bring you peace in mind. We've been in business for over 50 years and have offices in Newport, Shrewsbury and Stafford. Our 45 plus strong team deals with both business and personal insurance and we offer a free, no obligation consultations and quotations so give us a call today so um as episode eight on the podcast uh, for this season was with mark wood um what was your thoughts on the episode adam yeah as i said at the start i think mark was one of my favorite episodes um myself i'm a big cricket fan um love watching the tests and the one day stuff so i really enjoy watching mark and he's one of the fastest bowlers in the world so it's always interesting and a pleasure to watch a bowler bowling so fast and and so aggressively. But yeah, Mark was fantastic. He spoke a lot about the difficulties England have had recently, especially the test team. But actually now, how since Ben Stokes and McCullum and Rob Key have kind of taken charge, how they've had a very quick improvement. Um, and yeah, they've recently won three tests against New Zealand, which is amazing. And they've got India. Well, when this goes out, they would have played India. So let's hope they beat India. Um but yeah, it's actually a really, really interesting episode. He's really, really funny. He's got his own podcast too, Middle Please Empire. So check that out. Yeah, I think one of my favourite stories was the one where he sang about the Barmy Army or sang his song that the Barmy Army sing about him. Oh yeah, he recalled, he recalled another story, another story about rabbits actually, how he um, saved, saved some rabbits on the side of the road. So yeah, he's very, very random, told some really good stories. And here is a short clip of the episode. As a child, what is your, your earliest memory of cricket? So, 
my earliest memory would be um, playing in the back garden with my dad. Um, my dad was an opening batsman for the local pretty club, Ashington, where I'm from. We used to play in the back garden together. I used to bowl at my dad and I would try and do all the actions of all the players and pretend to be them. I would even stand on the pavement. So we had sort of like um, a long garden with grass on either side and then a path that went through the middle of the garden. And on the path, I'd pretend to do interviews and um, pretend to sing the national anthem. I always had the best voice. Luckily, there was no one else around <laughs> in the gardens. But I used to sing and pretend that I was, you know, playing in national cricket. And that's probably my early memories, my, my dad throwing them to me. I, m- I remember one day, it was in the winter, obviously, you can't get outside. So we, my dad had a really tiny garage. You could only get a small car in. And he used to pull the garage, the car off the garage onto the drive. So we could play one hand, one bounce in the garage, you know, one hand, one bounce, trying not to get caught. And we had the wheelie bins as fielders and little bits of gardening tools and things like that. And I remember one day my dad bowled one a little bit short and naturally I just pulled it. I pulled it through the garage window and as soon as it crunched, I remember me and my dad looking at each other and then we both ran. And the next thing I heard was, Mark, from me man. Um, and we both sort of did a runner out the house and straight into my dad's car. And went, oh, we're just away at the shop. And I remember we got some tape to, to, to um, fix the glass. But for those two minutes of the glass shattering and my mom charging down the stairs they were pretty scary so uh, that's definitely a memory I remember as well now for episode 9 of uh, this season of the Technoward School Sports Podcast was with Lewis Moody so Adam what was your thoughts on this episode yeah again says a lot but another great episode so Lewis talked a lot about playing rugby for England playing for the British Lions and, and Leicester and Bath. And what I found interesting was talking about the 2003 World Cup, which England won. He spoke a lot about um, the final and beating Australia and, and that extra time Johnny Watson dropped goal. Yeah, and he also spoke a lot about, I think it was 2005, British Lions tour to New Zealand. Um, it wasn't the greatest tour for him. They, they lost 3-0, but he talked about the experience of, of playing with the Lions and, and playing with teammates from Wales, Ireland and Scotland. Um, so yeah, it was again a really, really interesting episode and, and here's a short clip from that episode. Is it right that you started your career as a centre and full back? So how did you end up as a flanker? <clears throat> yes, yes. So absolutely nailed it. Sorry, I beat you to it with my earlier answer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was a centre, 100%. I was a centre, loved being in the backs. Um, and I think one of my coaches Andy Wilson home and Brian Welford when I was at school um, recognised that I maybe didn't have the uh, the skill sets the natural skill sets to take it, my playing abilities as centre any further so they moved me into the flank on a on a county trial and that was it I found my epiphany it was like running around tackling people smashing people that was the best bit diving on the ball getting super duper muddy not worrying about all the uh, sidestepping and stuff so uh um, so yeah, I was never a fullback though. Um, I did. I moved, so I moved through the forward position. So I went uh, inside and out to the centre, and then I went number eight, second row for a year, which I really didn't enjoy. <laughs> and then finally onto uh, onto six and seven, which was great fun, and I've loved ever since. Actually, I tried to convince one of my coaches at Leicester Tigers, John Wells, to move me back into the centres for a game when I when I made it into into the Premiership, but um, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> quite rightly so as well so Tom 
we've had 10 episodes today. We've talked about nine of them. Obviously, this is episode 10. So, yeah, we've been very lucky to have some amazing guests. Um, does that bring a lot of memories back for you, Tom, talking about the episodes? Um, yeah, definitely. It pays a homage to uh, each episode, really, in good detail. And um, e- even for the ones that I wasn't able to attend, um, I still get memories like as if I was there. Um, and, like, I-, I love learning more about each guest, really, and I'll, I'll enjoy more to come, really. Yeah, brilliant. So it's been a very, very successful season for us. Looking forward to season five, Tom. We've got a few um, new hosts joining us, haven't we? Um, yeah, Adam, we have. Um, I, I like to welcome um, Jacob and Alyssa to the podcast. Um, a few episodes have already been recorded with them and they're, they're coming soon. Um, and they're doing really well so far, so I have high hopes for them. <laughs> yes, so come come September when we'll be back, we'll have, um, I think, a few more episodes of, of Tom and, and Harvey and Avatar who, who have moved on from the podcast now. Um, and yeah, as Tom said, we'll have Alyssa and Jacob who join us. So we've got lots of amazing episodes already recorded. So we're very lucky to have all these amazing guests. Okay, so looking forward to season five, Tom. We've mentioned that we've already recorded quite a few episodes. Can you tell our listeners who we've got coming up in September? Yeah, so the upcoming guests we've got for the podcast is Harry Redknapp, Carl Froch, Paul Robinson and Tanny Gray-Thompson. Yes, so again, we've recorded them and we've got others as well. So there's cricketer Adam Holyoke and Mark Butcher um, former Wolves players Matt Jarvis and Matt Murray, um, former Liverpool Leeds player Don Mateo, um, former Celtic and Arsenal player Charlie Nicholas. So yeah, as Tom mentioned, we've got loads coming up. So we've got loads already recorded and we're going to be busy recording more over the next few weeks and, and when we're back in September. So I think season five, Tom, is going to be our, our biggest yet. We've got huge names like Harry Redknapp, Carl Foch, former England goalkeeper Paul Robinson. So yeah, season five, I think, is, is a lot to look forward to. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I can tell that um, the viewers and, and listeners of our, um, the podcast are going to enjoy these upcoming episodes. Yeah, definitely Harry Redknapp. So at the time of recording this, we've just spoke to Harry Redknapp and honestly, as, as I'm sure you're aware, if you, if you know Harry and watch him on TV, he was brilliant. So so many stories that had us in absolute stitches about players that he's worked with and signings that he's had and, and, and failures that he's had. Time and I'm a celebrity. So yeah, he, honestly, he was so funny. So that will be out in season five. So keep an eye out for that one because that's, that's one of our best episodes, I think. And also Carl Foch. Carl Foch was another really, really interesting person and spoke a lot about his career and a lot of conspiracy theories about Flat Earth and Man on the Moon. So if you like a conspiracy theories, that's definitely an episode for you. Okay, so Tom, so you've been up with the podcast from the very, very start. So you've been with us all over since last May. Are you still enjoying the podcast and what parts of the podcast do you enjoy most? Um, yeah, I, I, I've still been enjoying the podcast ever since then. Um, I've also not, not only been more like in depth with like every um, guest we've had on the podcast, um, been communicating more um, and also my research I I also add like references to that and stuff, um, and do, not only just just learning about their pros and cons for throughout um, their journey really as well. Like for example, with uh, Tony Gray Thompson, learning about spinal bifida because I remember I, I I learned that she had a disability, but I didn't actually learn the name of it until the actual episode 
we were like doing the episodes and then I learned about that, um, which was good to um, learn facts about that and how she's been overcoming it really. Yeah. And again, we've, as you mentioned, you've done really well on the podcast and hopefully the podcast is continuing to give you new experiences and new learning opportunities. So yeah, each week you're developing your communication and, and your knowledge around sport and, and disability and lots of other things. And I know when we do this in end of season five, we'll speak to Alyssa and, and Jacob who I know already have been learning lots of skills and, and developing lots of skills with a few podcasts that they've already recorded. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening to the season. We really, really appreciate it. Please give us a rating and, and a review and subscribe and all that stuff. Please join us on social media. I'll get Tom to read out the social media if you know. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. We really, really, really do appreciate your all your support. So thank you so much for listening and I'll hand you over to Tom to do the social media stuff. Okay, so everyone, make sure to follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, YouTube, and is there one more? Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Sorry, I, sh- I should know that one. <laughs> Not my bad. <laughs> make, make sure to do that, guys, and uh, more content for the podcast coming up. Brilliant. Thank you so much, and have a good summer, and we will be back soon. See you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the TWS Sports Podcast. Please follow us on social media by searching TWS Sports Podcast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch some of our episodes in full. If you are listening to this on your iPhone, can you please go and give us a rating and review it? It really helps to grow our show. Thank you and see you next week. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism, and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.